Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's a wonderful opportunity to be here with all of you tonight, and we are glad that all of you have come to be with us. And if there happens to be someone that is visiting with you, or visiting with you, but maybe visiting here, not as a result of maybe somebody's invitation, but you knew the church is worshiping here, we are so glad that you've come to be with us as well. We are going to discuss the mindset of the transformed identity of which you find in the book of Romans chapter 12, but that's not where we're going to begin. We're going to look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4 and embark upon our study from that text in verse 22 to verse 24. came into the parking lot just a little bit ago and realized one of the things that happens when you're at a congregation just for one service, the next service, you're not a visitor anymore. You're, you're, because I've had these conversations with people like you've known me and I've known you for quite a while, and there were people that were looking out for my best interest because somebody came up to me and says, you don't want to be numbered among these people. And I thought, well, why? But there must be something about them that you know that I don't know. But I think that was just a matter of saying these are good people. And just a very, I guess, sarcastic remark that they made. It just helps me understand how much they love each other. That's just really a wonderful thing. You do that with people that you love, and I appreciate that very much. If you would, before we get into this text, if we would bow with me in prayer. God, as we look into your word, help us understand it. Help us to discern right from wrong, good and evil, truth and error. Help us to examine the things that we should within what we see in the words, but what our mind takes in to help us to be renewed in the spirit and renewed in our mind the idea of what our identity should be as a transformed individual. In the midst of a world in which we live who changes their views on so many different things in so many different times and in so many different generations, help us to let your word teach us how our minds should be focused upon thee. Thank you for this opportunity, O oh God, for your grace that provides it. In Jesus we pray, amen. Ephesians chapter 4, read with me where it says in verse 22, that ye put away as concerning your former man of life the old man that waxeth corrupt after the lust of deceit, and that ye be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man that after God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. There, there's so much in that that I like to look at, and I hope that maybe we do this justice as we talk about this subject uh, this week, about having an identity in the midst of a disoriented world when you when you see when when a person gets into the scripture and they read it for the first time and then they see all the many things of which god is asking them to do they start reading these passages and they read along with you or they read it themselves the, the tendency sometimes is to revert back to what they've already experienced in their life and they they may come to you and they may talk about themselves and they say you just don't know how I was raised. You don't know what all I've been experiencing. You, you have no idea what it's like to live where I live. Or they talk about the Word. You just don't know what I'm exposed to every single day. 
And I wish you could just see, or I wish you could just hear all the things that I have to deal with every single day. And all the circumstances of which this person is discussing about themselves, it's almost as if to say their mind is just kind of focused in this one area, and it's hard for them to get away from that environment or that mindset. Because it's almost as if to say it's ingrained in them, and there's no possible way that they could change. And we sometimes wonder if they ever will come away from that. Then on the other side of that are people like Saul in the book of Acts chapter 9. And there's the Ethiopian eunuch. And there's the Philippian jailer. And we, look, we see all their circumstances based on what Scripture teaches us. And then all of a sudden, you see the gospel presented to these people, and then they make these remarkable, amazing changes, transformations. And we look at Saul, and we think, how could that have happened? What in the world changed this man's mind? And we say that about the former drunkard or the drug addict or the atheists that we know of. Some of you may even be in this audience this evening. And I don't know what all your particular background is, but I have no idea what your frame of reference was before you became a Christian. I don't know what you are raised in. I don't know what the environment was. I don't know what the circumstances were. I don't know how ungodly the situation was in your life. And I would say there's probably a lot of people, including yourself, would have thought you never would see me come into the church building, sit down, read Scripture, and even become a preacher an elder or an elder's wife or a deacon or a deacon's wife or a teacher of the gospel. And you're looking at that person, a lot of people that would know you and a lot of people that know these people that have actually transformed, and you think, what caused them to change? How do they do that? And we almost put it in the category of miracles, as if to say, miracles never cease. But the how of that comes as a result of what you see here in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, they have put off and they put on. They've been renewed in the spirit of their mind. In other words, the things that they're saying, how they're dressing, where they're going, what they're doing, all is a result of what their mind's telling parts of their body to do. It's the renewedness of the mind is the reason for the transformation there are probably articles that you could read today of people that are part of this trans culture and they're trying to get away from what they've exposed themselves to or allowed their minds to think about and all of a sudden their bodies start changing or they change their bodies, let somebody else change their bodies and the next thing you know, they're wanting to get out of that. They're wanting to get away from that. A situation where they go back to the things that they should be doing and you think, how did they ever get to where they were? And then amazingly, some people have even talked about how Jesus was the one that transformed their life back to where they should be. So therefore, when we look at this text in the book of Romans chapter 12, in verse 1, where he talks about how it is that I beg you, I beseech you, I urge you, as the New American Standard Version says, that you be the one who by the mercies of God present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our spiritual service. 
And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And in this world, with so much that we're exposed to, so much that we hear, we think, how in the world can anybody get out of that? How in the world can anybody transform themselves into exactly what the Scriptures are teaching? Because we're so exposed to everything in the world, the temptations, the trials, the challenges, the problems, the dilemmas, the distresses, the anxieties, the problems, all, all these things, all these affairs of men, we're inundated with all that. And we're just almost to the mindset of thinking, this will always be this way. It never will change. It never will get any better. What would it have been like if you were a Gentile back in the days of the New Testament or the Jews in the New Testament and you're inundated with all these things? In other words, go back to read Romans chapter 1 and you're a Gentile. And you read, all, read about all these things that the Gentiles were doing and then read about the one in Romans chapter 2 about all the Jews and what they were doing. Externally, they were trying to make some transformation, but that external exposure of their life to other people was a fake. Everybody knew it. They were fasting, just changing their faces so everybody think they're religious when they really weren't. And they were doing all these wonderful things that everybody thought, these people are pious. So when we look at the Scripture... In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I want you to listen very carefully to what's happening here. In the world in which was going on in the days of the New Testament, it says, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled in them that perish, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the dawn of image of God, should not dawn upon them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as their servants for Jesus' sake. When you find yourself so exposed to the world and you let this God of the world enlighten you, and I use that in quotes, to everything that's exposed to the world with all its attractions, all its pleasures, all its wonders, and all of which you should be engulfed in and absorbed in, it will blind you to the possibility of being transformed and renewed. And to the point of where at the beginning of verse 5, we preach not ourselves. Those people that are conformed to the world, that's what they do. They preach themselves. They preach all about their pleasure, all about their happiness, all about their feelings, everything that's in, involved in and engulfed in everything about the God of this world. And they look at that and they say, that's what the world is like. And it'll always be this picture. Rather than the individual looking and viewing at, at, from a renewed mind, the world through the eyes of God. From the point of verse 3 and 4 and 5 of this chapter, watch the transition into verse 6. Seeing it is God that said, Light shall shine out of darkness, who shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see the transformation? You see the renewed mindset? If you just looked at verse 3 and 4 and 5, you would think there's no possibility that anything in the world is going to change. But then he gets into verse 6 and he says the light exposes the darkness. And the people that follow the light are exactly what needs to be in the darkness. But they do no good in the darkness 
unless their mind is renewed and they see the world the way God sees it. As a result, I think it would be wise for us to understand that this light, when it shines out of the darkness, is exactly where we should be. Even though we may think that the best thing for us to do is just move away into an area where we, can't be, we won't be exposed to all this. As if to say moving is going to work. Didn't work in a lot of cases in Scripture. You can't just move and then things be better. And it's not to say that your problems will follow you, but there will be another worldly temptation over there as much as there is where you are currently. Therefore, you've got to again go back and understand where we are in this world. The place where we are is where we are the people who discern good and evil. When you read the book of Galatians chapter 5 and you read verse 16 to verse 26, it talks about the battle between the flesh and the spirit. This is an ongoing daily thing. There's always going to be this contrast. There's always going to be this opposite. There's always going to be this fight. And you see the characteristics. In verse 19 to 21 of the works of the flesh, and you see the qualities of the transformed, renewed mind in verse 22 and 23. But there's something that you must understand, and we all need to gather it within our hearts in the book of Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24. They that are of Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with the passions and the lust thereof. We live by the Spirit. By the Spirit, let us also walk. That's the identity of the renewed mind in Christ Jesus, who has listened to the invitation by the mercies of God, and they are the ones that sacrificed himself for everything Jesus could make them that they didn't think they could make of themselves. And they couldn't, no matter how educated they were, no matter what raising they had, no matter how intellectual they would be, they could never do it by themselves. It could only be possible through Jesus the Christ. And when you look at the book of Hebrews chapter 5, and you look at verse 12 to verse 14, it's very clear and understandable that we're the ones who should have this ability to discern good and evil. One of the greatest things about God's place for renewed mind people, transformed people, is that we have the opportunity to be placed in the world to show and discern good and evil, right and wrong, truth and error. Let me repeat that again. It is our place, by the grace of God, to be placed in the world where we show difference between good and evil, right and wrong, truth and error. We are here for that reason, one of those great reasons. With a world, a transcultural world that's having so much trouble understanding where truth is, if there is such a thing, what is right, what is wrong, if it's all subjective, then this place of the renewed mind people is exactly in the world, exactly where we need to be. And God knows that. God knows that. I don't know if it will be spoken, and I'm not trying to put words in the mouth of the one that leads the prayer before we're through this evening. 
but I've heard it said many, many times, and I'm sure you have, that let us take what we have learned and apply it to our life. Why would we say that? It's in essence, take the people that are renewed in the spirit of their mind by Scripture, as our brother was talking about a while ago, and I appreciate what he said, that we take within our minds this Scripture that we now have renewed in our mind, maybe something we heard before, we're going to use it out in the world exactly where God wants us to do because this is what's right versus this is what's error. This is what's good, this is what's bad. This is right, this is wrong. So we can show the people, show the world this. Be in the world where they can see this. God knew this is where we needed to be. And by His grace, we're born of this world. When you talk about what God knows, He's very much aware of the wisdom that's thrown at us all the time. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you will notice in verse 6 through verse 8 that there are people, even in the days of the New Testament, that were ignorant of the wisdom of God. He says in verse 6, We speak wisdom, however, among them that are full grown, yet a wisdom not of this world, nor the rulers of this world, who are coming to naught. But we speak God's wisdom and a mystery, even the wisdom that has been hidden, which God foreordained before the worlds unto the glory. Now, if you take that scripture and you just use it and apply it into the lives that we have right now, there are a lot of people that don't know the wisdom of God. All they know is the wisdom of the world. And here we are putting this world as renewed mind individuals so that we can let other people know of the mystery of God. They don't know it. They're not exposed to it because all they're listening to are the voices of the world. Do not feel sorry for the people who have that knowledge and wisdom. If you just stand over here and you watch what they do and you just feel sorry for them, you do not let them have the truth. Don't feel sorry for them. Let them see through words, deeds, and Scripture how the renewed mind person has an identity by Jesus Christ and let them witness this in the world. James, the third chapter, verse 13 through 18, talks about the wisdom of the world versus the wisdom that comes from heaven. And you can pretty well see the difference between the two. And if I gave you the opportunity to look at that list and then ask you the question, which wisdom would you rather have, or you give that same list to somebody else, which wisdom would they rather have, they'll pick out the good one every time, most often. Rather than the sensual lust and divisive spirit and jealousy, They've been exposed to that already, and they know that doesn't work. But that's all that's going on in their minds. And they need somebody like you and I with a renewed mind that has an identity in Jesus Christ coming out of heaven and letting us expose them to a better wisdom. God is the one that knows what it's like with us living in the world, and we're here because there are times where what the world wants to do is make you the center of the universe. In the book of Mark, chapter 8, in verse 36 to verse 37, there's a moment by which Jesus' disciples are going to have to make a choice. And he talks about denying themselves and taking up the cross in verse 34 and 35. He says in verse 36, For what does it profit a man 
to gain the whole world and forfeit his life, for what should a man give in exchange for his life? To gain the whole world. It's all about you. And God knows that. But the contrast to that is the renewed mind who is selfless, who does, does not think he's got to have everything or she's got to have everything in the world, but they'll forfeit everything in the world so they can be exactly what God made them to be. And there's a lot of those people right here. And there's a greater number of them than we probably think. And in this small part of the world where you and I are, and especially where you live constantly, that's what God wants you to do in this world with that renewed mind that he's given you. You and I must know that we'll never do everything to please other people. Paul was talking about that in Galatians chapter 1. I can't do everything to please everybody else. I've got to make a decision. I'm going to do what I do to please God or please man in teaching this gospel in Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Jesus even talked about on the Sermon on the Mount, if you try to do everything you possibly can to please everybody, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to hold a one, despise the other. You can't serve God in mammon. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. God knows that as we live in the world, the world's going to impact us by its losses, by its gains, by its attractions, by everything sensuous, everything lustful, everything worldly. In other words, trying to connect you with everything that's going on in this world and keeping you right there and wanting you to stay. I'm going to address parents just for a minute <clears throat> and just ask you a question about would you rather have your child have a mind of the world or a transformed mind that is renewed by Jesus? And I probably know what the answer to that would be. There's a lot of times where parents, in raising their children, they just say, I just hope my child didn't pick up anything after me and just duplicate everything that's bad in my life. I just hope they don't have the same attitudes that I've got right now that I just cannot get rid of. And I hope he will not, and you say the, whatever that is, or I hope she will not, whatever that is. I hope they just become to be better than what I am, not wanting their children to be like them. And to some degree, that's a good thing. For that just sets your mind in a direction of where you should be willing, as a parent, changing your mind so that you will be renewed and transformed in order to demonstrate to your child and illustrate to them in word and deed, as well as in instruction, the way to transform their mind in the life that they should be living. Do not just default to the idea that you do not want them to copy, 
You do not want them to duplicate. You do not want them to pattern after your habits, after your manners, after your words, after your behaviors. Just be the one that's renewed in the mind that will show them the way to bring them to the point of Scripture so they'll not be conformed to the world. Exactly what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Keeping their eyes and their ears ready to receive all that God asks of them to be rather than what you want them to be. Or rather than what you do not want them to be. When Scripture says in Romans chapter 12, in verse 2, before it talked about this idea of the renewed mind, the first thing he said was a not phrase. In Romans chapter 12 and in verse 2, he said this, Be not, American Standard Version rims it, be not fashioned according to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Before he talked about being transformed, he said, Do not be fashioned through this world. And I don't know how many times you've probably heard that verse stated. Quoted it yourself. Know it by heart. I'm not in any way about to give you this illustration and say God's like a coach, parallel with a coach. But many of you that have ever played sports, in coaches' instructions to you, sometimes when you're out on the court, when you're out on the field, wherever it may be that you're playing this game, the coach may say, do not let the crowd bother you. Do not let what anybody says in the stands bother you. Do not let that distract you. Don't pay any attention to what you're hearing. Have your mind focused. Do not be conformed to the world. Don't let what the TV says, do not let what the publication writes, do not what the, say, don't look at the predictions. Don't listen to the radio. Don't let all those things, just focus yourself, blot all that out. Just focus upon what you need to be doing. And you try your best to do that. Scripturally. Look at Romans chapter 1 and you see the Gentiles. You want to repeat that? Do not follow that. Look in the book of Romans chapter 2. You want to repeat what the Jews are doing? All the hypocrisy? Don't repeat that. Think about your parents. Think about the friends. Think about the associates. Do you want to repeat what they're doing? Do you, think you want to experience the same consequences that they're experiencing? Do not conform to the world, but re- be renewed by the spirit of your mind. Have a new mindset to develop the identity of a transformed individual in a disoriented world. What are probably, and I will not say these are the only, what are the five means by which we will find ourselves not conformed to the world? In other words, what would be the mindset that would renew our minds? Look at John 17 with me, if you will. John 17, five mind-renewing responsibilities for the transformed. This is a text of where Jesus is going into his last minutes. 
where it says in verse 17, chapter 17, verse 1, Glorify thy Son, that the Son may glorify thee. And then Jesus begins his prayer. And his prayer is, if you go down a little bit further in this text, in verse 9, I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me, for they are thine. One of the first responsibilities is praying for his disciples. A mind-renewing responsibility is praying that you be the one as well as other people be the one that follow Jesus. He doesn't pray for the world. And I think that's a very key thing. He doesn't pray for the world. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but that thou, for those whom thou hast given me, for they are thine. The renewed mind, God wants to keep that in that person's life. And prayer has a significant role in keeping that mind diligent in being that disciple. Number two, verse 13 of this same chapter. But now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Responsibility number two with a renewed mind is that we make sure we live in joy. And that is different than saying, I want to be happy. I want to feel good about what I'm doing. I want to make this comfortable for me. I want, I want, when I start doing this, I want to make sure that I'm getting all the benefits of this. This is I want my joy in the world. I want them to have my joy in the world. My joy, not your happiness. Not your joy. My joy. My joy. And I must tell you, for what value it may be for your hearts, I see joy when I walk into this building and I meet and greet you. It's not your happiness that I'm witnessing. It's the joy that comes from Jesus. And when you are renewed in your mind, that joy needs to stay there. If, if your happiness is all about everything that's going to go in the world, then you've got a problem in verse 14 where he says, I have given them my word, and the world hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I have given them my word, and the world hated them. If the world is where your happiness is, you're going to have a lot of conflict, a lot of divisiveness, a lot of vengeance, a lot of anger, a lot of pain inflicted, a lot of gossip, a lot of lying, and all of that. You've got to deal with all that. Criticism and blame and mockery and persecution. And in some cases, you may turn your back on Jesus. But if you're following the Lord and you've got the joy of Jesus within you, then they can criticize you, blame you, gossip about you, make all kinds of murmuring statements about you, take vengeance out on you, hate you, whatever, but you're still going to hold in this joy. You need to, I've got to, be filled with the joy that Jesus gives to us so that we will be able to hear in Matthew 25, 21, enter into the joy of the Lord. But then number three, go further into verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them from the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. 
They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. Insulate them with Scripture. One of the responsibilities of a, of, a, of a renewed spirit of the mind is that you are the one who's insulated by Scripture. You're letting the Word speak to you. It's speaking loudest, clearest, most trusting, and most reliable voice that you could ever imagine given to you. And Jesus is looking for his disciples to be kept from the evil one. How are you going to do that? Let this word be that which insulates them. Insulates them. Not isolate them, insulate them. Having within their hearts the scripture that they needed. So therefore, let me use an example with you. Back in the Old Testament, when God was preparing his people to go into the land of Canaan, when there were going to be these Canaanites and Perizzites and Jebusites and all those people that they're supposed to remove and get rid of. What were they being fed all along the way to get to that point? The manna that came out of heaven. To which Jesus was talking about in John chapter 6. I am the manna that's come out of heaven. You need to partake of me. What was it that really was going to be the valuable moment and the most integral part of their life to go into this new land where all these people were that needed to drive out? The world. It was the scripture. It was being insulated with Scripture. Because man cannot live by bread alone, the Scripture. That was what's going to insulate them to get them over there. He gave, gave them all these instructions that when they went over there, they could be exposed to the world, of which they were going to be, and then they'd drive them out, utterly drive them out. But then they became to be conformed to the world, rather than being renewed in the spirit of their mind. And then they went into pride and idolatry and fornication. It would be so good if we would be the people who would understand very clearly that the culture is not the mindset of which we should adopt. But allowing the voice of God be the first voice the loudest voice, the clearest voice, the most reliable voice, and the most trusting voice ever known to man, and exposing ourselves to that. That's why Titus chapter 2, verse 11 says, the grace of God revealed this, instructing us, so that we would deny godliness and worldly lust, and live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. He's looking for people to be insulated by the Scriptures so that they would be renewed in their mind. And then, number four, verse 18. As thou didst send me into the world, even so sent I them into the world. Responsibility number four of the renewed mind is that we go forth in the world and that the world see a renewed mind. Another word for parents. I know there have been so many challenges that you see out in the world, so many things ungodly, lustful, that you just pray that your children will not be participating in, not necessarily exposed to, but to participate in. And I understand that, rightly so. 
you should be praying for them, like verse 9 talks about. You should let them see the joy of Jesus in you, just like verse 13 talks about. You should allow their life to be insulated by Scripture, just like verse 15 to verse 17 talks about. And then let them go into the world. Let them go into the world. Because that's exactly what Jesus was trying to get his disciples to understand in the book of Matthew chapter 5. That when these people go out here in the world, they are the salt of the earth and they are the light of the world. Do not be afraid of the world to let them go out in it. Just pray for them, have joy with them, instruct them, and then let them go and let them be the salt and let them be the light. And let God will work within their renewed mind, not to conform to the world, but to be renewed by the Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And then the last one is this one. Go with me to the last part of the book of John 17 where he mentions in verse 23, I in them and thou in me, that they may be perfected in one, that the world may know that thou didst send me and lovest them, even as thou lovest me. Father, I desire that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world knew thee not, but I knew thee, and these knew that thou didst send me. And I may known unto them thy name, and will make it known that the love wherewith thou lovest me may be in them, and I in them. Point number five, the responsibility of the renewed mind is we are the witnesses of the love of God. And for these disciples to go out here to this world which Jesus is praying for, asking God to help them to go out here, is to present to the world, like 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. For we know 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Love not the world, neither things are in the world. And all the world is pushing you into their love. Whereas, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. And that's the kind of love that, which we need to be demonstrating into the world. And that's the responsibility that we have. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, you know what a renewed mind is going to reflect? In verse 5 it says, Casting down imagination and every high thing that is exalted against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's what a renewed mind will reflect. What a renewed mind will illustrate is Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's what the renewed mind thinks. And the renewed mind illustrates these very things. So I want to ask you a question before we conclude. What are we doing to our minds as well as what we're doing with our mind? 
What are we allowing that mind to be exposed to most often? In the first chapter of the book of Romans, I want us to end here by looking at something very clearly where he says, these people changed in their mind who God is. And they changed the glory of incorruptible God for the likeness of an image of corruptible man. That's what is going on in the minds of a lot of people. If you notice in verse 25, their mindset, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Their minds were so inundated with this ungodliness, unseemliness, Scripture says, to where in verse 28 it says, and they, as they refused to have God in their knowledge, and God gave them up to either, the words could be either reprobate mind or rejected mind to do the things which are not fitting. And we say, that's the world. Do not conform to that. But that's what the Gentiles were exposed to most often. But then again, as I mentioned to you earlier, when you go to chapter 2 and you read about the Jews, their minds were all this external stuff. And they were trying to make you see something that really wasn't what was inside. And God himself exposed that through Jesus in the book of Matthew chapter 23. Woe unto these Pharisees. So therefore, even if your mind... What you're doing with it is exactly what the Gentiles do, have done in this case, or your mind is like what the Pharisees try to do, but it didn't work. So might as well not go there to try to make it look like somebody you're not in heart. Then coming to Romans chapter 12 is probably where we need to go to see what we should do and with our mind. So that our identity would match being transformed rather than conformed. God has given us so much. And I hope and pray that what he does to your heart is he breaks it. If your mind is like Romans chapter 1, I hope he breaks it. And if your mind is like the Jews who just has all this external facade veneer that really doesn't have much meat to it and heart in it, I hope he breaks that heart too. That way your mind could be renewed in the spirit that it should and demonstrate a true disciple of Jesus. And have your identity exactly the way God wanted it to be. For those of you that know changes need to be made, transformation needs to take place through your faith and obedience to God in baptism, do that. For those of you that have done that before and you wanted to make this transformation and for some reason you found yourself back in the world like the book of Second Peter chapter 2 says, a situation that is so horrible and terrible, you don't like it, the more so God doesn't appreciate it at all, that you change 
your mind and you repent and be renewed into who he wants you to be. Do what's right. While together we sing this song.